Hello and you're very welcome to this week's On Track with Talking Dogs. My name is Rory Burke. My guest this week is a 16-year-old schoolboy who trains a few of his own dogs. He's already tasted success at his local track, Limerick, and he won a stake at Galway during the summer. He's hugely passionate about the sport and plans to be involved in the industry for the foreseeable future. My guest is Cullum O'Connell. Cullum, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Thanks very much for having me, Roy. You're very, very welcome. I suppose, first of all, for our listeners, tell us a little something about your own background and your involvement with Greyhounds. Well, I suppose it started about 12 months ago or more. Uh, when I w- we were out of school and I had nothing really to do. So uh, I went in with my cousin Michael and uh, he was only with you before. And I started walking dogs and doing dogs with him and, and took off from then. And for you, what's the whole appeal of Greyhound racing? It's just the boys are taking their dogs to track this. So you put in the work for them, just seeing them hopefully get a win or even just seeing them run. It's just the whole the whole buzz of that. And of course, working around greyhounds, as we know, it's um, it's full on really, isn't it? You wouldn't have much time for anything else. Oh no, it's on day every day. And even with pups and everything, you don't get much time. And describe a typical day for yourself. I'd start maybe around 7 o'clock and I'd let the dogs, a couple of dogs in the kennels out and walk them or whatever needs to be done and then allowed the pups and I'd feed them all in and go to school her. And and what's your favourite um, part of training greyhounds? Just because when you get a winner take a good you know you're going to the track and you have a chance of winning you have a good dog going to the track. And as we mentioned extremely busy between galloping schooling just how early on do you think that you could recognise you might have a nice one on your hands? Well, I don't mean, I've only had this one of my first go around pups and she's 15 months now so I don't really know it's kind of it's on a learning curve but exciting times ahead for you no doubt oh very exciting you know I have a couple more younger pups coming on and they're even taking them out and just watching them and you're trying to pick out a good one it's very exciting bringing them in and training them and training to lead and whatever and obviously you have a huge interest so around the whole breeding side oh, I I saw learning as well getting into them and learning the breeding and the lines and watching other dogs from that line running and going well and hoping then you might something might click and you might get the same but of course as we've often said here on the podcast we're very lucky in this country that there's a race for you no matter what grade of dog you have yeah you can go to 18 I think is it and with the open class whatever and the same the dogs they go out if you've got the dog there in 18 he'll do the same he'll the same go to a dog in open class he might, he might have more and whatever grade or you have there's a race there for us and it's great as well that we have so many wonderful tracks around you as well, um, Colm. Yeah, Limerick is the only track I'd race at yet. And even I went to Cork with cousin there sometimes. And there's always great excitement there and wonderful people. And they'll always give you a hand if you need it. Yeah, that's what's so great about the industry really, isn't it? Is that uh, the older generations are very happy to uh, pass on their knowledge to the younger generations coming up. I seen, I even met Paddy Fitz, he'd be a friend of my cousin Michael and he'd always give you a hand if you rang him and, and even congratulate you after winning races and everything. They'd always congratulate you and they'd, be, you know, they'd always help you out, whatever you needed to know. And as you mentioned there, you're racing mainly at Limerick and um, having some success? Yeah, I uh, won two races there with a, a greater dog I bought. In, I think it was at A4 he won in and I won a stake in Galway as well there in July with a young pup I bought. And just describe that feeling uh, for us, that, that winning feeling. There's nothing better, sure there isn't? Oh, no, nothing. You can, there's nothing like it. 
watching the dog crossing the line and you put the work in and you know you've something there as well and a great achievement to win a stake it's a lot harder and even you know from week to week try to keep the, team, the routine the same and everything try to keep the dog right as well and I suppose the main thing with a stake is just to get him to qualify throughout it isn't it yeah, he, wouldn't, he wouldn't mind not winning going through a stake even, even once they qualified away and then hopefully they bring out the big guns in the final if you got to, if you're lucky enough to get to the final and um, how many dogs would you have at home yourself? I've put four or five in the kennels and maybe five or six pups in. So starting off, it's probably the, in, the intelligent thing to do is keeping it manageable. Yeah, it's probably it's probably a maximum enough. And otherwise, you can just myself here manage the way myself. To, I mean, it's small food. I want to overload them and sicken yourself. But or just have too many and not being able to do a workload and just do what you have and do them well. That's it, doing well, and of course, individual handling is just very, very important as well. Oh, every dog is different. Some dogs might want more handling, even if they're a small bit nervous, and some dogs might love it. And just know if you know the dog and know what the dog wants and everything. And as you know, this series of podcasts is all about young people in the sport. Um, a lot of young people have got involved recently, which is brilliant to see. Yeah, I even see going to Limerick now, there's a lot of young people there, and even I have my own cousin there, and he's very interested there very interested always give a hand doing the dogs or galloping whatever you need it it always give you a hand and very interested and would you have any ideas yourself how maybe to attract more younger people in well I think every young person's on social media you now and even there's a big buzz around even the promoting on social media and everything you'd always see advertising nights at the dogs now and even they're opening up again I think you can get a lot of young people in yeah, the work being done by everybody involved in the industry and social media is terrific. Yeah, you'd always see uh, promotional videos and even the, the videos they've done on the, all the retired dogs and all the kennels and everything. It's a big attraction. And I suppose another way to attract younger people in our syndicates a marvellous way. Yeah, I think there's a lot of syndicates around me now. Joe as well, he'll be a friend. He's a couple of syndicates going and in the success in Shelburne as well. And it's a great way to get people in there's good nights and everything and yeah. it's a cheap way of doing it as well having a dog yeah it's a very very inexpensive way of doing it but as you said there the most important thing about a syndicate is just having great fun and enjoying the night at the track yeah even going out with friends or family or whatever and you you know you have a good night and even if the dog finish last or the dog comes first you have a great great night to be there with people and would many of your own friends be involved with dogs uh, not many no here There'd be a couple around, all right, with dogs, but not many. And those people that aren't involved, what do they make of the whole sport, do you think? A lot of people, even tied with the Kirby, that was a great thing. You know, the people from the club going in, they always love going into the track. Even a lot of the children in the club going in, we weren't able to do it this year now, and there was a, even we had the explosive by dog in the Derby, in the, in the Kirby this year, and there was a great buzz around the town, even with the dog and getting to the final in the club. Yeah, everything about the sport at the moment is, is positive, really, isn't it? Yeah, even from the Caribbean, people that were in the club that had a dog, I know a couple that got into syndicates after. So if we can keep it going and get more people into syndicates and get into dogs more, and even getting pups with a trainer or whatever. And, of course, the country is full of top-class trainers. And what trainers would you look up to yourself? James Roach is over there. He's not too far as well, and he'd be a great help. He's great training dogs. And you see the Buckley's behind in Tralee and... The pack is fighting not too far as well. You'd always meet him inside the track and he'd always talk to you and whatever. And he'd always talk to you and whatever you wanted to know or he'd tell you.
And as we mentioned there, the Among the Young people getting involved with the sport, but the Among the Young trainers having terrific success is unbelievable, really, Colm. Even Mark Sullivan, he won the Caribbean side and he's a lot more success. You'd always see him, he'd always win everywhere, big winners. Even you Mikey Horn and then Paddy Cost and all young people on this podcast during the last few weeks, they're all enjoying great success. Which is brilliant to see and long may it last. Hopefully now we'll get more people, people in and get it going again after the lockdowns and everything. Yeah, fingers crossed that um, we'll be back to full capacity shortly, which of course will be absolutely brilliant and adds to the atmosphere at the track. Uh, even they're getting back into rest- restaurants now, so hopefully we get more events going and sponsors and everything and you get good nights out. And at this moment in time, what's your long-term aim? Is it to continue training greyhounds on a full-time basis? I don't think I go full-time, but I, I, ho- I hope I'll always have even working around them and everything. But I hope I, I hope they always have them. And a lot of good work being done at the moment as well, as we know, about uh, rehoming, which is crucially important for the sport. Yeah, even the, the, the documentary show here, gosh, done a bit of a, a bad life, but I don't know if no, it's true at all, but I see even I two dogs there at home at the minute, and it's a very easy process, and they're all going to good homes. I know all dogs around me, people finish racing, they're all going to good homes. And, of course, that's the message that should be getting out there to the general public, that greyhounds make super pets. Well, they do. Even the dogs, then you, after walking in the morning, they very plastic. They go up and lie in their beds and even bring them in around the house and they're young. They'll always lie up and want rubs and everything. They're not, there's no bit of a, they're all very plastic-like. They all want to be rubbed and whatnot. And as you mentioned there, the whole rehoming process, it's not that difficult, really. Sure, it isn't. No, it's very simple. I hope now with Sarah behind Lixnaw and very, the process is very easy. Just ring them up and you've got them back and got them neutered and now they're ready to go, waiting now. It's a very easy process. And um, any dogs there that maybe we should be keeping an eye out on over the next couple of weeks? Um, I have a young bitch there now. She's coming. She's just back from a small injury and uh, just getting her ready again and she's looking promising. And as you say, you're breeding dogs now, but of course, sales are a great way in this country as well to source dogs. Yeah, yeah. Well, even you go, you can go to the sales and watch them online. Anywhere, you can watch them from anywhere in the country if a dog is going, and you can see what the dog's about and whatever, and you can buy them and get them transported, and it's a very easy way of buying dogs. And as we mentioned, for people that are considering getting involved in the sport, you really don't have to be forking out huge sums of money, so you don't? No, you can buy a pup. You spend four or five hundred euro on a pup and rear them away. It doesn't cost a massive amount. You can buy a good pup for small money. So, Colm, as you said, uh, the long-term aim is to be involved with greyhounds for the foreseeable future. Hopefully, I can keep it going and keep a couple of dogs, four or five dogs here the whole time, hopefully, and walk around them. And, of course, the other great thing about the sport is that you don't have to come from a background with a family that have been involved in greyhound racing. If you're willing to learn, you learn the tools of the trade. Oh, not at all. You can get in, like, with a trainer anyway, and they teach you everything you need to know, and they teach you anything like even we wouldn't have a massive amount of history with dogs my father would have had a couple of dogs like but even growing up there might have been one or two dogs here even I learnt everything with Michael and everything but uh, no you don't have to have any background with dogs here you can just they'll teach you everything you need to know and at this moment in time there's such a talented crop of dogs in the country looking back as you said yourself then the Kirby the Derby and even the um, Laurels that are being run at the moment some top class performers out there yeah even they'd like to discuss the boy inside with the club and he's doing great times in the Kirby and you'd like to sing along Sally and all the big dogs in the country at the moment and great dogs 
And what state do you think the sport is in itself, Colm? Well, looking in, that now it seems to be good, to be good enough. Like, there's always, even you go to the track, even every dog is shining and every dog has a good back and they're all look perfectly fit and healthy and everything. So it looks pretty well. But even, even going into the track, anything, the racing managers or control stewards or anything, even you ask them, even the first time I remember going in, I had the clue what to do. And they all helped me out and everything and show me where I needed to go and what I needed to do. So they're a great help that way. Colin, from all of us here, uh, thanks for joining us on this week's podcast. Can, can he wish you nothing but the best of luck? And I'll chat to you soon. Thank you very much, Rory. You're very welcome, Colin. Thank, Thank you. you. That's it for this week on On Track with Talking Dogs. My thanks once again to Colin, and my thanks to you, as always, for listening. My name is Rory Burke, inviting you to join me again next week right here for a brand new On Track with Talking Dogs.